If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 102 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on June 27th, 2021. Yapping Yankees, my friends, is being brought to you by, obviously, myself and Ball9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, feature baseball podcasts like the very one you're listening to right now, Yapping Yankees, and much more. Visit the website. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. That's ball9.com and follow them on all social medias at ball9. And know what you don't know. Also, guys, Help to spread the word about Yapping Yankees, but also, at the same time, stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees, and you could do all of that by following me, yours truly, on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at MikeScuderoNY, follow me on Twitter at MikeScudero, and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And also, please remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees. Show it some love on all the platforms it's available on. And that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. <sighs> My goodness, it is Sunday again. <laughs> How the hell are you, my friends? How am I? I'm great. Better than the Yankees this weekend. And against the Red Sox this year so far overall, that's for damn sure. I mean, (laughs) what a stupid weekend. What a stupid weekend. I'm just going to go right in. After last weekend's series against the A's, who had the best record in the American League at the time, things were good again. Had a great week even leading up to that series. They already started to seemingly turn things around leading up to that. And then last weekend's series against the A's, the way that went, that went great. Starting to feel better about this team again, even like I said last week with last week's episode, dare I say, turning a corner. And then, even though they lost an infuriating game against the Royals on Tuesday, they won the next two against them and took the series this past week. And last week's episode title was still looking really relevant. And now, this weekend against the Red Sox, as I said before, although they've had no fun against the rest of the division this year outside of the O's too, they have sucked against the Red Sox this year. 0-5 against them so far coming into today's game here on Sunday, starting in about 45 minutes, give or take. But now today, this weekend, the Yanks could be swept by them. Again! So they continue to be awful against them, and let's just hope they can salvage today's game. At least they have Cole on the mound. But even they lose a ton of his days. So now this weekend, as I was saying before, things are again now looking less promising again overall. After what's happening here this weekend. 
Ergo, the name of today's show, the inconsistency, the underachieving. You take one step forward like they have been the last couple of weeks, and now this weekend, yet again, as has been a theme all season long, now you're taking two steps back. You start the season awfully, then you go through a stretch of about 32-ish games where things are looking very well. You're doing really good, and you're playing very good baseball. A 23-9 and stretch. And then you start to take a step back again. You find yourself one game over 500. And then the last couple of weeks before this weekend against Boston, you're now starting to turn the corner again, especially last weekend, that really promising series against a team like the A's and sweeping the Blue Jays, who we were also having a ton of trouble with this year prior to that. And now this weekend, again, if you lose today and you get swept by Boston, you're 0-6 against them. And you're also only going to find yourself three games over 500 again and nearly negating everything good you've done for the last couple of weeks leading up to this weekend. Again, hence the episode title. One step forward, two steps back. The underachieving, the inconsistency, it just doesn't want to stop. This team just can't get out of its own way. So I hate to go off on a tirade at the beginning, guys, but that's the deal. Coming into today, back to still being just four games over 500 coming into today, and now being five games out of a second wild card spot. And I know, I know, it's still the end of June, but July is in less than a week, guys. And in just a few days, believe it or not, like I always say, despite how long the baseball season is, now that we're back to 162, it still bolts right by. Because guess what? In just a few days, the halfway point of the season is already here. Thursday is going to be the Yankees' 81st game. The halfway point. And yes, still plenty to go, but how long is this dance that we've been seeing all year so far, supposed to continue. That's what many of us have asked, and rightfully so. The clock is ticking. The games continue to pass us by. And these are valid questions to ask. So for today's show, we're going to be talking about all of this. All of it. This past week's action, the ups and downs, and throughout all that happening, the injury updates too, like... Luke Voigt returning, but also, on the other hand, the bad side, like Zach Britton getting hurt again, and Wandy Peralta getting hurt. We'll discuss it all. But first, let's get back to doing a social media segment after there wasn't one last week, if you recall, because of the shortened Father's Day special. And you know what? I decided that we'll get right back to doing what we did for episode 100 a couple of weeks ago, a Q&A. I mean, I've really loved doing these, and it seems like a lot of you do too, so what the hell? Let's do another one. (laughs) Over to Twitter we go. I'll just answer a few over here, and then I'll answer a few over on Instagram. We'll have a grand old time in the Q&A, and then we'll get to recapping everything from this past week as per usual, leading to me probably blowing another gasket. Or five. (laughs) And like I said before, at this point, the Yankee game is starting in about like 40-ish minutes. It's around 12.20 right now, so maybe towards the end of the episode, depending on how long this ends up being, you might get to hear me react to the first inning or so of today's game here on Sunday, the last game against the Red Sox at Fenway. 
So still just praying they could salvage a game somehow, but we all know how they are on cold days, so I'm not holding my breath. But as for now, let's head on over to the Q&A over on Twitter first. We'll hear some of your questions. I'll answer a few of them over here, and then I'll answer a few over on Instagram. First up here on Twitter for the Q&A, we have... Let's start with my friend Tina, at MountainGal456. And Tina asks, Do you think Cashman will be trading any players? If so, who would you like to see in the trade? Thank you. Well, thank you, Tina, for submitting the question. But uh, as far as Cashman trading any players, I mean... He made it clear about a week or two ago when he was asked about what he would do at the trade deadline. When he was asked about that, he made it clear that he was going to be a buyer and not a seller. I still think that should remain to be seen since the trade deadline is still a little over a month away. But in any event, since he said that, then we have to try to consider talking about this then. But as far as people who we should trade... I don't know. That that depends on where they are by then. Again, I don't like fielding trading questions a month before the deadline or even a little over a month before the deadline. But you know something? If there is going to be a player that he trades, it's got to be Clint Frazier because I don't even care what you get for him. If you even get a lower-level prospect, if you're even lucky enough to get that, because that's how god-awful Clint Frazier's been. The guy needs to be off the team now. I mean, there's just no bigger disappointment in my memory as a Yankee fan than Clint Frazier. I mean, the guy is the definition of underachieving. The guy just can't play baseball. He just can't. So even if you get nothing back for the guy, because that is exactly what you'd be getting back if you are to trade him, then just strap him to a rocket and send him to another galaxy, because I'm done. But as far as anybody else, I mean, outside of that, we have to see where this team is come the end of July when the deadline comes around. But what comes to mind, or who comes to mind, rather, when it comes to a trade... (laughs) Definitely Clint Frazier when it comes to me because I just can't stand watching the guy hit. I can't stand watching him field. I just can't stand it anymore. I'm at my wits end with it. I'm at the end of my rope. So even if you get nothing back for the guy, when it comes to trading players as of this point right now here at the end of June, I'm just looking for anybody who would just be willing to take on Clint Frazier, even if it's for a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos because I'm I'm done with it. I'm just done. So that's where I'm at right now as far as this question, Tina. Let's revisit this in about a month. (laughs) All right, up next, I'm only going to read a few more and then read a few over on Instagram because, you know, whenever I do a QA, and a I spend a lot of time on each person's question because I like to give a full-on, in-depth answer. So I'm just going to do less questions on here and then I'm going to give a little more attention to some people over on Instagram and just take fewer overall questions so I don't spend 45,000 minutes on this segment. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that I don't like reading out your stuff. I love this segment, but with the Q&A, I tend to spend a lot more time on each person's individual question and answer, so it would only make more sense to just sort of read out fewer or just read out fewer on Twitter and give maybe just one or two more over on Instagram some attention, so we'll see how it goes. But anyway, here on Twitter, let's read out a few more. Up next, we have my friend Spencer, at Musician DMD, and Spencer asks... In my opinion, despite fan complaints, I don't believe Boone will be fired, nor Cashman because he and Hal are very much on the same page. There's nothing to suggest, despite the team's inconsistencies, that Hal will make a change. What are your thoughts on the fire Boone or fire Cashman chatter? Well, first of all, Spencer, I thank you for the question. That's first off. And second off, yeah, listen, I addressed this on episode 100's Q&A a bit. 
because there were a lot of these similar questions about Boone and Cashman and Hal and the way people were thinking about them. So I've gone in on this before, but I guess I'll reiterate it a little bit. Basically, what I felt is that Listen, there's going to be a fall guy at the end of all this if the Yankees are to, by some extreme embarrassment, not even make the playoffs, which again would be probably the humiliation of all time for this franchise with the expectations that this team had coming into this season. And to not even make the playoffs, that's just unforgivable to me. So I do think there will be a fall guy after the season is over, if anything, and I voiced that too. I don't think any changes will be made during the season or throughout. If anything's going to happen, I think it'll be after the season's over. And there will be a fall guy, and I do think that fall guy would end up being Aaron Boone. And I really would not be against that. I wouldn't be against it at all. But I also did say that if Boone is to be fired, I don't think a lot's going to change around here. Because you still have the core fundamentals, the core philosophies, the core beliefs of this organization that go all the way to the top all the way to the top to Hal Steinbrenner, whose beliefs he shares with Brian Cashman, who he basically just gave the organization to and said, here, run it. Here you go. I'll give you the amount of money you can spend, and whatever happens after that is up to you. That's what I take from the New York Yankees organization, and I'm pretty sure that that's what everybody else who has a clue takes. So as long as Hal Steinbrenner's beliefs, which he clearly shares with Cashman because he just doesn't want to make a change with him, he's clearly comfortable with Cashman just running things, as long as those beliefs remain with Hal and with Cashman, I'm not sure how much of a difference it's going to make who manages this team. And I'm not saying the manager is completely and utterly useless. I'm sure they have their input on things, with the Yankees even. I'm sure Boone has his input with some things, at least a little bit, but... I think we all know that he's not the main guy running the show. Not nearly the main guy running the show. And I think it would remain that way no matter who's in there as manager. For the Yankees, at least. Because for other teams, you do see that the manager could have a pretty big role, especially in the case of someone like the Red Sox, who are reversing this weekend. Because look at how the Red Sox have turned it around this year with Cora being back. But with that being said... To me, it's going to take a lot more than just firing Boone if you want to see any legitimate change in this organization. That's just how I felt for a while now. And I've voiced the problems that I've had with Aaron Boone with his in-game managing and whatnot in the past. I've voiced what I don't like about the guy plenty of times. As a manager, not as a person, as a manager. But in order to see any legitimate change, you're going to have to do more than just fire him. You're going to have to do a lot more. I mean, maybe switching up some of the coaching staff would make some sort of a difference. So I guess those are my thoughts on the whole thing. But there is no doubt that if the Yankees don't make the playoffs once this year is over, with the expectations that this team had coming into this season, with the talent that they have on this roster, and with the underachieving, the inconsistency, and the unforgivable mistakes that they have made all throughout, if they don't make the playoffs at the end of it, there have got to be remarkable changes made. Remarkable changes. Because that, guys, would be unforgivable. It would really be unforgivable. They're in their championship window right now. They're in the window as we speak. And for them to not even make the playoffs, it was one thing back in 2013, 2014, 2016. 
but it is not that way right now. Not with the talent that you have on this roster that is shamefully underperforming from top to bottom the way that they have been. With the exception of a couple of guys, it's just unforgivable if they don't make it. And if that happens, changes have to be made. So Spencer, I hope that answers your question because that is, that's basically how I feel about that subject. That's pretty much it. At Laura underscore Icemont is next, and Laura asks, Who would you rather have in left field, Frazier or Andujar? <laughs> it's so, it's, this is such an easy answer, Laura. I hate to tell you, this is such an easy answer. I, I mean, if anyone doesn't say Andujar, I, I don't know what you're watching. Because despite his struggles of very recently, overall this year, Andujar has shockingly looked pretty comfortable as a left fielder this year so far. It's been a pleasant surprise how he's looked overall. And I know because of recent struggles, you know, people will say otherwise. But I'm just saying overall how he's looked out there since they tried him out there. It could definitely be much worse. I mean, if you want to look externally or even, I guess, within the Yankee organization, there are obviously better solutions. I'd rather see Trey Ambergie get a shot in the outfield up here because of how good he's been doing down in the minors. He's been doing a fantastic job. And as far as who has the better bat, I... <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm sorry. This, it doesn't come much easier than this question, Laura. For this week, I mean, anyone who says Clint Frazier, I don't know what team you're watching. I don't know what players you're watching. But it certainly isn't the Yankees, and it certainly isn't either Frazier or Andujar. Because as far as I'm concerned, Frazier and Andujar are not even in the same universe right now as far as capability all around, but especially offensively. So let's keep going. Up next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca asks, if you can choose any one Major League Baseball player to be on the Yankees, who would it be and why? And that player must remain on the Yankees and in the lineup for the rest of his career. Well, I mean, the one answer for me has to be Mike Trout. And I know the one con to that that many will mention is the injuries. I know that. I know that people would say, yeah, it's it's the injuries. It's too much. But honestly, where is it not too much throughout Major League Baseball right now? Injuries are happening everywhere at an unbelievable rate. They have been for years, and it's just obvious at this point that I don't think there's going to be anyone or anything to stop that. But Mike Trout, when he's on the field, is the best player in the game. He just is. And you have a lot of great players out there also, and I'm not downgrading them at all. Please don't misunderstand me. I mean, the Fernando Tatis Jr.'s out there, and the Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s out there, and Ronald Acuna... I could go on forever. I mean, those are some fantastic ball players, and there are so many more. Shohei Otani is amazing. It just goes on and on. But Mike Trout, when he's on the field, is the best player. He's the best player in the game. And everyone goes through injuries, so it's tough for me to hold that against Mike Trout solely because everybody goes through it. Even many of those names that I just mentioned have gone through injury struggles. But if you maybe want to even go beyond that, I mean... What's a major area of need for the Yankees right now? Center field. Where does Mike Trout play? Center field. And along with the fact that he's baseball's best player? Yeah, I'm going with Mike Trout. 
<laughs> I don't think he'll ever be a Yankee, but I think it's pretty obvious who I'd want on the team. And he's baseball's best player. And he also tackles an area of need for the Yankees at the same time. A major area of need. So yeah, I can't go with anybody else other than Mike Trout. I just can't. All right, let's maybe just do a couple of more. And again, to the rest of you, I'm not getting to. I am so sorry as usual. I can never get to all of them. No matter how fast I go through any of the replies or questions or whatever it happens to be on any given social media segment on any episode because... I get a lot of interaction with it, and again, I'm so thankful for that, but I just don't have time to get to everybody, so I'm sorry, but uh, let's get to a couple of more here on Twitter. Next, we have at CoolSimmons, and they ask, where is Glaber's power? Well, that's uh, a question that I'm pretty sure all of us have been asking. I've asked it a ton on social media. I have wondered it here on this show time and time again, and we're still wondering that. How on June 27th, the guy has three home runs. Three. And you guys know, everyone knows, that I do not revolve my judgment of a player around home runs by any means. I don't revolve it around any one particular statistic. I try to look at as many as possible. But, I mean, it can't be ignored. I mean, Gleyber Torres, whether it be a fluke or not, this is a guy that in 2019, had nearly 40 home runs. You have to ask yourself, where the hell did this kid's power go? And just his overall hitting. I mean, his average isn't great. He's barely driving in any runs. I mean, yeah, right here. 242 average coming into today. 324 OBP. 316 slugging. 639 OPS. That's just... And the three home runs, it's just not going to get it done. It's the, the kid's power and overall hitting abilities have vanished. They have vanished. Did the Yankees ruin him? <laughs> we have a lot more time to determine that yet. But uh, it, it's just, it's an anomaly. It's a mystery. It's the mystery of all time. What happened to Glaber Torres? I mean, I'm the last person in the whole world that wants this kid to end up being a bust. But it's just been, it's been unbelievable. What's happened to this kid's power and overall hitting? And nobody has any real answers. I mean, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Because like it or not, he's a big part of this team. And only at age 24, there's still a lot of time yet to go, but it's a mystery. It is. Nobody has any answers. I don't have any answers for you. I mean, I could pick apart his batting stance, how big his leg kick is at times, how much he seems to lean back on his swings to try to generate any sort of power, and it just has no results whatsoever. And it's maybe even shown worse results than usual because throughout most of the season, he's had much softer contact. It's bad, but they've got to figure it out. They've got to figure it out. Glaber Torres is too big a piece on this team. He's too big. But your guess is as good as anybody else's, man. And whatever your guess is and whatever any of our guesses are, he's got to figure it out because he and Clint Frazier are easily the two biggest underachievers on this team. And that's saying a lot, considering all of the underachieving that's happened on this team this year. But they are easily the two biggest disappointments of this season so far. Shameful underperforming. Shameful at Andrew Caruso 77 is next here on Twitter, and he asks, 
Who do you think will go to Denver for the All-Star game from the Yankees? Who do I think should go? Well, I think Aaron Judge should go. He's had a good season. He's had a great season. And like the rest of the Yankees, he's had tough times. But if you look at his season on the whole, he's had one of the better seasons of any Yankee, especially in that lineup. And overall in the American League, I think he deserves an All-Star game appearance. So probably Aaron Judge. And for a while, I was saying that DJ really shouldn't because, I mean, he's turned it around lately. He really has. But for most of the season, I mean, he has been nothing like the DJ LeMahieu that we remember. We've spoken about this a lot on this show. But he has turned it around a bit lately. And maybe if he gets his average back into the 280s and 290s and he starts showing a little bit more power like he has lately and continues to drive in more runs, gets on base more, then maybe you can consider him again. But... As far as anybody else, Chapman struggled lately. Maybe Chapman can go for the bullpen because, I mean, for two, two and a half months, he was just completely untouchable. He struggled a lot more lately. But, I mean, before that, the guy couldn't be touched, and he was by far the best reliever in baseball. I think despite the latest meltdown that he had, Jonathan Loisega should go because he's been terrific as well. I think he's been one of baseball's best relievers as well. So I think it's safe to say that most people on the Yankees that should be going, I'd probably say come from the bullpen because the bullpen has been the strongest piece of this team throughout the whole year. And we've mentioned that a lot too. Maybe Litke can even get a shot. So I think a lot of the names that deserve to go, maybe a couple of them should come from the Yankee bullpen. Maybe one or two from this lineup being Judge, maybe DJ, probably maybe Geo if you want to, maybe to come in later in the All-Star game to play a little bit, I don't know, off the bench. Maybe because of his amazing turnaround lately, maybe even get Gary in there. I don't know, maybe. But definites to go, I'll say right now, those who have the best chance of going there and very well could, I'd say Aaron Judge, Aroldis Chapman, Jonathan Luizaga, that's pretty much it. I mean, like I said, DJ and Geo, maybe, maybe Gary. Yeah, that's really it now that I think about it. I mean, you could always hit me up on social media and you could keep talking with me about this more. I'd be glad to talk about this with you if you want to go more in depth and if there's anybody else I'm missing out on right now or that you disagree with me saying that they shouldn't go, maybe you think they should or vice versa. But that that's really what I can think of right now. But it's tough because this team, as I've been saying, has just been massively underachieving. And it's difficult to really think about all-star games right now and many Yankee players being worthy of that. It's really tough to think about. But the all-star game voting is also just, it's largely a popularity contest. So maybe a lot more than I anticipated will go. I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's do two more. We've done a decent amount here. Two more. Up next is at NYYFanForever96, and they ask, will the Yankees make the postseason? That's the million-dollar question these days, isn't it? (laughs) Even if there's still like a half a season left to go. But as of right now, my man, I, I can't say yes or no. I can't. Right now, truly, I'm in the I have no freaking clue club. That's where I am. I really don't know right now. Because there's a lot of doing horribly and every bad mistake under the sun rearing its ugly head again from the underachieving, the inconsistency, the bad base running, just the double plays, just everything. Bad defense. 
just taking over again. And then they give you a little bit of hope with a week or two of good gameplay. They tease you, and then they just go right back to being terrible. And three, two games over 500. And just when it looks like they can make a difference in the division, they just fall out again. And it's just been a dance that we've been seeing all year long so far. And I don't know if they're going to break that cycle. I, I really don't right now. It hasn't been encouraging through the first half of the season, though. It has not been. And it's crazy that that much time and that many games have gone by already. That many games have passed us by. But it has. Because like I always say, despite how many games there are in a 162-game baseball season, it still manages to go by really quickly. And we're already about halfway through here. As of this week on Thursday, it'll be game number 81. That's the halfway point. And I really just don't know right now. I really don't. But like I said before, if they don't, it's unforgivable. Given the expectations and the talent on this roster. If they don't make it, it's absolutely unforgivable. And you will get the meltdown of all meltdowns at the end of it all from me if they don't make it. That I can promise you. If there's nothing else in this world that I can promise, it is that you will get an all-time meltdown on this show if the Yankees do not make the playoffs come season's end. The gloves will come off. This microphone in front of me might get thrown, (laughs) and it's going to be a bloody mess because I'm just going to go nuts. But yeah, I just reared off the path a little bit there with your question, but that's my answer right now. Honestly, my man, I wish I could give you more, but right now I just... Don't know. I really have no idea. Truly have no clue. All right, let's do one more. And the last one comes from a quote tweet from at OSV227Hex. And they put a quote tweet from somebody else asking what the Yankees and Hal did with the savings considering last year's roster was $260 million and now it's $208 million. Where did the money go? Well, the difference between 260 and 208, I don't know. Well, Hal says that he lowered it because of the luxury tax and not wanting to get taxed for going over that luxury tax. Where the rest of it went, you're going to have to ask Hal. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a Hal Steinbrenner question. That's not a Mike Scudero question. But there was some salary dumping with some guys like Adam Adovino, but outside of that, I mean, I guess it's worth asking, when it comes to the Yankees and the money that's been spent, it's obviously been mismanaged and a lot's gone wrong because you look at this product on the field right now and... (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) I mean, we all see it. I don't have to tell you. So yeah, where all the rest of that money went, that's a Hal question, and it's unfortunately a question that you're probably never going to get the answer to. And if you do get an answer, maybe it'll be... I don't know, maybe they'll say it was because of COVID. Maybe they'll say that. But regardless of what they say now, this year, you know, they're back at full capacity. They could be filling up the stadium, but they're not. Whether it be because people haven't had time to plan to buy all the tickets and fill up the stadium again, because they just sort of out of nowhere announced that, hey, we're going back to full capacity. Because, you know, Cuomo gave permission for the stadiums to fill up again. But regardless, you know, Some people think that the stadium isn't filling up because 
not as many people want to go to the stadium and see this team play. They don't want to see the product that's being put out on the field this year. And it could be, but who knows? I mean, with that money question again, that is a Hal Steinbrenner question. And it is a question that I don't ever see you getting the legitimate answer to. So, all right, but that is it for Twitter for the Q&A. Those are all the questions I'll be taking. I took, I don't know, like almost 10 questions, I think. That's good enough. But for those who I didn't get to, of course, as always, I apologize. But just keep on submitting your replies to every social media segment every week, guys. You know I'll get to you eventually. I promise. And if you want to see the others that I didn't get to, or if you want to even see the ones that I did get to, well, you know what to do. Just head on over to my Twitter page. That's at Mike Scudero is my handle. And just scroll down until you see the Q&A tweet and look at all the questions in the comments. It's all there for your taking, guys. <laughs> so let's head on over to Instagram. I'll take a few questions over there, answer as many as I can, just a few. And then we'll get to recapping the week, guys, and wrapping up the show after that. First up, here on Instagram, we've got Vamos Yankees, and he asks, do you sincerely believe that this Yankees team can win it all this year? Well, this team is extremely confusing because, you know, we've seen them beat some of the best time and time again, but then we see them play at times like they have this weekend, and they look like they couldn't beat the Orioles if you put them up against them, or maybe even a team like the Diamondbacks. The, the, just the inconsistency. It's it's just it's enough to put your mind into a freaking pretzel. But regardless, I think the inconsistencies is it's just going to bury them. I don't think they can win it all. I mean, make the playoffs. I'm still in the I don't know train. But I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes, then I don't know what does. So I definitely don't think they can win it all. And again, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they prove me wrong. But this is where I'm at heading into July. I mean, this isn't like we've jump to conclusions here after one month of baseball. July is in a few days, guys. July. All right? So don't tell me I'm too quick to jump the gun. I have a right to feel this way, and so does anybody else. So honestly, man, right now, no, I don't think they can. All right, let's go to official 52011, and they ask, how many wins do you think the Yankees will have this season? Well, I'm pretty sure I saw something along the lines of if they're even to get like 93 or something, they're going to have to go, they're going to have to be like 22 games over 500 for the rest of the way or something like that. I'm not sure I even see that happening. (laughs) I was seriously saying the Yankees were going to win like 97 or 98 games. I thought that was a safe prediction before the season started. And now we're questioning whether the Yankees are even going to win like 92 or 93. (laughs) It really is unfreaking believable. I can't believe we're at the point that we are going into July. The 2021 New York Yankees. I just, I can't believe it. It's just so embarrassing. But as far as how many wins they could get, I mean, at this point, now I'm saying like 92 or 3. I, they're going to have to do unbelievable turning around in the second half if they want to prove us wrong. I mean, it's not impossible, but like I said, they would have to finish like well over 20 games over 500 for the rest of the way from here on out. And considering how this team has been, how inconsistent and how much they've underperformed, that's a tall order for them, guys. It's a tall order. And I'm not so sure they could do that, and I'm not so sure much of anybody thinks they can do that, realistically. And it's unforgivable. So as far as wins for the rest of the season, when all is said and done, I don't know, maybe like 92? 
I'll just put that number out there right now. 91 or 92, I guess. Uh, let's do two more. The usual last two here on Instagram. Firstly, my amazing girlfriend, Vic Salimo. And Vic asks, what would you do differently for this team if you were manager instead of Aaron Boone? Well, I wouldn't be manager because I'd be flipping out about everything. <laughs> I would be... I'd be that typical old-fashioned fired-up psycho manager that you could think of. Because in the moment, I get very emotional and I, I get very passionate. I'm a very passionate person, as you can even tell on this show. When I got passionate about things that happened weeks ago, or even years ago sometimes. I'm a passionate person, and I care a lot about everything that I do. That's just who I am by nature. And I feel like I would be too much if, if someone was going to hire me, I think they'd be like, listen, you got to tone it down a little bit. It's just, but that would just be the kind of manager I am. I would be very emotional. I'd be very passionate. And if things are going horribly, then I would be very vocal with the organization, all the higher ups, with Cashman, with Hal, with all the other executives, the team presidents, all of them, even my fellow coaches. I would just be very, very vocal and very passionate because that's the kind of person I am. So that's what I would do differently. I would just be flying off the handle and forget about what I would be against umpires. I, I'd get thrown out every day. I would be ejected out of every single baseball game. Because again, I don't expect perfection out of umpires or anybody else because we're human beings. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. And so are all of us, whether we want to admit it or not about ourselves. But I ask for consistency. And there's little to nobody out there as far as umpires are concerned that show any sort of consistency. Or being competent at their job. So, my final answer pretty much, lots of passion and lots of ejections if I was the manager. <laughs> but I like that question. That's, that's nice. I like that question. And lastly, as always, let's finish up with my terrific mother, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, We were blessed to have baseball return to us full force after a shortened season last year, which requires no comment other than it stunk. Why is it that this year is more torturous, though? I'm feeling like every time the Yankees play, it's time to start grinding my teeth or simply not even watch the game. I can't stand the lack of enthusiasm on their faces and even their body language. Am I the only one that feels this way? That if they win, it's by miraculous chance? Where are our killer Yankees? I would also like your take on how our closing pitching is doing. I assume you mean Chapman. I don't feel confident in them at all, all over the place. This season is not fun so far. Do you feel the same way? Well, Mom, I, I can't refute much of anything you're saying. I really can't. I mean, in the past, you would feel like, you know, the Yankees are about to come on, we're about to see a great game, and just the whole nine yards, you know the deal. But this year, it's just been... It's embarrassing. It's shameful. And it's sad. It's unforgivable the way they've played. It's unforgivable what's happened this year so far. And it's it's hard to watch some days. I still watch because, you know, not only do I have a show to do, but I just, I can't tear myself away from them. I'm just such a diehard fan, but that doesn't mean they're not hard for me to watch sometimes. They are very difficult to watch. And it just doesn't feel like they're the killer Yankees anymore. You're right. I can't refute anything you're saying. 
And neither can anybody, realistically. It's just not good. Everything you've observed, everything you're feeling, you know, it's it's valid. And what you said at the beginning really hits hard. You know, baseball returning to its full force after a shortened season, which was miserable last year. I mean, I was grateful to have any sort of baseball last year with what was going on, but it was still tough. You know, it was weird without fans. You know, 60-game season. It was just awful. But now that it returned to normal this year, it's still bad because look at the way the Yankees are playing. Even with the full season, it's just, it's still bad. It's, that's like very, that hits hard. That really does. (laughs) It really almost stopped me from reading and had me take it in and just be like, Wow. It isn't fun. Hasn't been fun. It really just hasn't been. Now, as far as the closing pitching, again, like I said before, I assume you mean Chapman. Uh, Chapman, as I said before, two, two and a half months into the season, up until just about a week or two ago, you know, he was the best reliever in baseball. Couldn't be touched at all. And now his last few appearances, even in the appearances lately that he's gotten the saves in and hasn't blown the save or lost the game, he's had his troubles. He's had trouble locating. Uh, The velocity has taken a dip some days, and the breaking ball is inaccurate, and it's just not good. It isn't good. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe him being tired from all the times he was used earlier in the year, or maybe he's just regressing back to the mean now since he was so overpowered. (laughs) The first two and a half months or so, and now he's just, he's come back down to earth. I don't know what it is, but it's not good, that's for sure. He's struggled lately. I think he'll bounce back, though, and he'll be fine. I mean, with Britain going down now again, I mean, it shouldn't be too long, hopefully, but with him going down now, I mean, Chapman's going to have to step up again. It's no secret that he's had trouble lately. He really has. So that's my take on that, but... As far as how I'm feeling with how you're feeling, Mom, I, I agree, and I think I think everybody else does too, I think it's safe to say. I mean, do you agree or disagree with the way my mom is feeling about this team this year so far? I mean, let me know. Hit me up on social media. Comment down below if you're listening on YouTube. I mean, do what you gotta do. Do you agree with this? Because I have a tough time disagreeing with that, and I've voiced a lot of that a great deal at times this year. So, that's a lot, Mom. And I'm sure you've given a lot of people a lot to think about, some of the things you said there. But thank you for the question, nonetheless, and for the whole statement. And uh, thank the rest of you as well, as always. Thank you so, so much, again, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram. Thank you so, so much for, again, interacting with the Q&A segment and with every social media segment every week. And even though next weekend is another holiday weekend, there's just so many holidays landing on Sundays this year. I mean, other than the usual ones that are on Sunday every year. But even holidays like the 4th of July this year are landing on a Sunday next Sunday. So even though it's another holiday weekend, I'm not so sure if I'm going to be cutting out the social media segment again to make it a shorter edition. I guess it depends on how hectic of a weekend I'm going to be having next weekend. But I'll be keeping you posted about that on social media. So just keep a lookout for that. As for what I'm doing for social media next week for another holiday weekend. But as for this one, again, thank you all so, so much. And if I didn't get to you again, you know the deal. Like I said before, just keep on interacting week by week. And I will get to you at some point. I promise you. But as always, thank you so, so much for interacting with the social media segment. But now the time has come. (laughs) 
And for so many weeks throughout this season, I've had this mindset going into this, just being so bummed out, having to do it. But it's that time. Let's hop into the Yapping Yankees time machine because it is time to recap this past week's action. Fire it up. All right, last Sunday, and before we get into recapping the week, today's game against the Red Sox should be starting in about like 10-ish minutes from now. It's approaching 1 o'clock, so you'll probably be hearing my reaction to the first inning or two now, now that I think about it, since this show is looking to go long again. So that's that. You'll probably be hearing my reactions at some point, especially if something happens in the game early on, so just wanted to give a little heads up about that. But without further ado, in the meantime, let's go back to last Sunday and then catch up to where we are today. So last Sunday, Father's Day, the Yanks were looking to take the series against the A's, who hadn't lost a road series prior to this one throughout the whole season. And, well, that changed on Sunday. Montgomery was on the mound, and other than giving up a solo shot to Olsen in the first inning, he did a great job. (laughs) He really did. Five and a third, just three hits, one run, two walks, and six strikeouts. And against Manaya, the A's starter, the Yanks had no answers for him at all. No answers. That is, until they scored their two runs that they scored at the end of his outing in the sixth on a Gary two-run double. And the Yanks only had three hits on the whole day, and two of them came from Gary. So he continued his blazing hot hitting. And in the meantime, the bullpen worked its magic. Loisica, an inning and two-thirds scoreless after Monty. Litke got out of a runner on third and one out jam in the eighth. And Chapman walked the first two batters, gave us another heart attack. And then, for the Yankees' third time this year, induces a triple play. Taylor made ground ball to Geo at third, stepped on third, throw to second, throw to first, sealing the triple play. Second triple play inside of a week, and the second one for Chapman himself. (laughs) And this one happened just like his first one. And that ended the game. The triple play, game over. Yanks won three to two. Three triple plays in one season. It's never happened in Yankees history. And this season is only almost halfway through. Unreal. Hell of a way to take the series against the A's. And a hell of a way to head into an off day. And this also continued a good pattern for the Yankees winning series again. It was their third out of four series wins at that point. Awesome win on Father's Day. Again, heading into the off day, just amazing. And it was after this game, like I said before, you just felt like things were going right again in Yankee land, that they had just turned it around, and from here on out, it's going to be good for the most part. That's how you felt at the time. After the game, though, the Yanks did option Chris Giddens back to AAA since Voight returned again on Tuesday, and it was good to see Giddens these last couple of weeks. I mean, he didn't get a ton of looks, but he had his moments. He did. So, maybe we'll see him again at some point, but regardless, best of luck to Chris Giddens as long as he's back in the minor leagues. So then Monday would come and go, the off day, and then after that off day, 
Luke would officially return on Tuesday. So Luke Voigt is back. First game against the Royals in the three-game set. And my God, did Luke actually get off to an awesome start. First at-bat, first pitch, hits a nuke into the left-field bleachers. A solo shot, gave the Yanks a one nothing lead right away. Welcome back, Luke. And he also hit a triple later in the game after another bonehead sitting in the first row in left field reached for the ball past the wall. I mean, I've ranted about fans doing that in the past, but I guess they'll never learn to stop doing that. As Forrest Gump says, stupid is as stupid does. But anyway, that ended up being a triple, a very rare one for Luke Voigt. Then in the second, Higashioka went deep. Two to nothing. So a good start to the game. And then Garrett Cole, who started the game, of course, allowed the Royals to tie it at two after an RBI ground out and a solo shot, but... Other than that, I mean, he did his thing. Cole's line was seven innings, just three hits allowed, those two runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. So, another solid start for Garrett. Unfortunately for him and the Yanks, though, the Yankee bats went mostly silent, other than scoring one in the seventh, but it was on a wild pitch. But that did give them the lead right after Cole was done, so he was in line for the win. But in the eighth... Luizica came in, and he's been terrific as we know, but he gave up four freaking runs. And again, it's hard to be mad at the guy because he's also been one of baseball's best relievers, as we've established. But, I mean, what a night, and what a team he chose to just crap the bet against. And I know he didn't choose it, you know what I mean. He just had nothing, but he gave up four runs. And to be fair, partially because of some crappy Tyler Wade defense, too. That never fails. Botched a play at first, and then took too long throwing home on a ground ball to him. And then the wheels just sort of came off. 6-3 to three Royals at that point. And then the Yankee offense inched up a bit in the bottom of the eighth on a DJ two-run shot. 6-5. to five. And then they tried to score with runners on first and second in the ninth, but failed yet again as they had with runners on base for most of the game, and quite frankly, most of the season. And it came back to bite them. 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. 13 people left on base. Laughable loss for the Yankees that night. Laughable. And another loss with their ace on the mound. Against a bad team, no less. It's losses like this that just make you mental. It really is. Makes this team really tough to love. And Wednesday, (laughs) Wednesday almost made me want to push my eyes into the back of my head. I mean, where do I even start? Uh, Well, the beginning, I guess. (laughs) But this game was like pulling teeth. For starters, Michael King (laughs) started the game. He went four and two-thirds, and outside of allowing a first-inning two-run shot to O'Hearn, he wasn't bad. Three hits, the two runs there. Three walks and five strikeouts. He gave decent length for him. (laughs) And the offense, my God, what an emotional roller coaster. I mean, in the game overall, but especially with them too. They had 11 walks. A boatload of base runners wasted. Only had one hit with runners in scoring position before the game-winning hit in the ninth, and it was a two-run double by Frazier to tie the game at two in the fourth. Nice of Frazier to actually do something for a change. But yeah, the bats were aggravating again 
for most of the game until the very end. At that point, after that Frazier two-run double, Green pitched two and a third scoreless. Very nice job by him. Then Zach Britton gave up a go-ahead solo shot to Santana to make it 3-2. to two. Bottom of the eighth, the Yankees actually took the lead on an Odor two-run shot into the Yankee bullpen. Nice of him to do something for a change, too. Two of the team's worst hitters and him and Frazier finally contributing big in this game. So back and forth and back and forth. And it wouldn't end there. Chapman, ninth inning. We've said it. He's been struggling a bit lately ever since his godly first couple of months of the season. Those first two or two and a half months or so. He walked in a run with the bases loaded, had no location, and then gave up a go-ahead infield single. Infuriating. So he blew his save, his third blown save, and gave up the lead and tie. He was livid, especially because before he gave up the game-tying walk, you probably remember this, but they intentionally walked Santana, who we all think that they had originally decided that Chapman would face. And then Boone changed his mind at the last second, had Santana walked, which then led to Chapman walking in the tying run. It really seemed like he was ready to face Santana, so he was furious after the whole thing. The whole inning was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how torturous this all was? I mean, you would have thought the Royals were World Series contenders for the love of God. So, bottom of the ninth, down 5-4, to four, Yanks about to embarrassingly and shamefully lose their second in a row to the Royals. And thankfully, Gary Sanchez again coming through big time. A game-tying missile, followed by a walk-off RBI single by Voigt later in the inning to win the game. So, after a great first night back for Voigt the night prior, he then wins the game on Wednesday to top it off. So, great job by him. And they walked it off in beyond relieving, but excruciating fashion. (sighs) Good lord. So that evened up the series at one. What a chaotic freaking game. (laughs) Thank God that despite all the continued wasted traffic on the bases, that they somehow managed to notch a win out of that game. Fantastic jobs by Gary and Voigt, yet again, the both of them. And for once, this has happened so rarely this season, Thursday ended up being a nice, comfortable, exciting victory. I know, crazy. (laughs) Tyone started, and for once, the Yanks got some pretty good length out of him. This is a really, really odd day. (laughs) He did a nice job mixing his pitches, getting out of some jams. He had a few economical innings, pushed his pitch count to just under 100 in the 7th, which I think was necessary. He had a big lead, and it's almost July. You gotta push him a bit. But I liked what I saw. Gotta keep building on it. Six and a third innings, five hits, just one run on an RBI double in the fifth, two walks, and six strikeouts. So nicely done by Tyone. And like I said earlier, he pitched with a lead all throughout, and that lead turned into an even bigger one later in his start. And that lead was thanks to a judge solo shot, and he had himself a hell of an afternoon after he'd been slumping a bit. 
three for three on the day with two walks and would also get an RBI single later along with a double. So two runs came from him. Odor had an RBI single and Voigt went deep again. Solo shot for him. Gary Sanchez on a pitch at chest height hit a three-run bomb into the visitor's bullpen. Stanton got an RBI single. Eight runs when all was said and done. As I said, a nice, comfortable win for once. (laughs) Tyone, awesome. Offense, awesome. Even Cortez, after Tyone finished the final two and two-thirds innings, awesome. So the Yanks took the series. Another series win as they headed to Boston for the weekend with some good momentum. Coming off that really good series with the A's and... Even after losing that frustrating game on Tuesday to the Royals, as we've said, they won the next two and they kept the momentum going. But unfortunately, it would not carry over on Friday in the first game. Despite Gio even coming back after he was hit by a pitch in the shin on Tuesday and sat out Wednesday and Thursday. And wait, hold on, and that's gone. (laughs) Right away. Right away. You gotta love it. Cole just gave up a solo shot to Kike Hernandez. Yankees already down 1-0 in the first inning of today's game. Went down 1-2-3 in the first, obviously. They're probably going to do nothing against Eduardo Rodriguez, who has a 6 ERA coming into today. Probably won't do anything. And now we're already off to a hot start today. Solo shot to Kike Hernandez, leading off the game for the Red Sox. Unbelievable. Let's just keep talking about Friday. But anyway, even despite Gio coming back, the momentum would not carry into Friday. And this game was weird. (laughs) Basically, everything worth talking about happened at the beginning. (laughs) Herman started, and for like the third consecutive start, he wasn't great. Didn't really give much length at all, and he got slammed right away in the first inning. Gave up three runs right away. The Yanks were down three to nothing. And then the Yankees did answer right back and tied the game at three in the second on a bases-loaded walk for Frazier, whose irrelevance just continues as we head into July. And then a two-run single by DJ. So that tied it. In the third inning, Herman gave the Red Sox their fourth run on a sack fly, only scored because he himself committed an error. And then in the fourth... The Yanks had a chance to retie the game on a single by Andujar with Gio on second. And Phil Nevin, who just recently started coaching at third base again, he sent Gio on the hit. Who, as we know, putting it mildly, isn't a fast fella. Maybe a happy fella, but not a fast one. (laughs) And against Renfro's cannon of an arm, no less. And it worked out about as disastrously as we all imagined it would. And after that, with him being thrown out at home, the Yanks would stay at three runs for the rest of the night. Herman's night would end after just four innings, giving up five hits, the four runs, three of them earned because of that error that he made, one walk, and three strikeouts. The Yankee pen, consisting of Litke for an inning and two-thirds, and Lewisaga for an inning and a third, would hold it down and keep them at four. Until the Sox added one more in the eighth against Britain and Sessa. Britain was charged with the run, and the Yanks lost 5-3 to three after Gio and Andujar reached on singles in the ninth, but then Clint struck out. Shocker. 
followed by a DJ double play to end it. Another shocker, a double play. Who the hell would have seen that coming? In that eighth inning, though, the Sox didn't only tack on that insurance run, but Britton left the game after grabbing at his hamstring following one of his pitches. After all the time he missed, recovering and then rehabbing from his bone chip removal surgery, now his hamstring grabbed at him. And yesterday they confirmed that he is going to the injured list with that hamstring strain. So another injury for Zach Britton. And like all the others, who even knows what to say about injuries anymore? Who? No one. And I do feel bad for Zach. I do. The guy missed the first two and a half months recovering from his surgery and ramping back up. And now he's hurt with something entirely different. After all the other injury problems he's also had even before this season too. But at the same time, guys, on the other hand, to be really honest, not only did the Yankees, and tough to take them at their word with things like this, obviously, but not only did they make it seem like it wasn't really a big deal, but to be honest, don't forget, how great was this bullpen even without Zach Britton? It was pretty damn good. (laughs) So, in the meantime, I think they'll be okay in this area. I really do. I think they'll be fine with the bullpen. The bullpen has not been the problem. When Zach came back, I even said he was a huge piece to an already killer bullpen. So, if things go the way they did before, it should be alright with the bullpen. It should be, if all things hold up like they did before. But, I'm also not going to pretend like it's not really freaking annoying seeing him get hurt again. I imagine he must be pissed, but I just hope it's not for long. Because the Yankees do need all the help they can get. And also yesterday, they announced Wandy Peralta is headed to the injured list too because of a back strain, retroactive to the 23rd. So Peralta will probably be gone for at least a couple of weeks as well. And Albert Abreu and Brooks Krisky are replacing their spots on the roster. So great to see Brooks Krisky back. Going to be a riveting experience seeing him give up a boatload of runs again. Can you tell how excited I am? (laughs) Speaking of yesterday, though, the game. Game two at Fenway. Yanks trying to bounce back after a tough way to open the series with that 5-3 loss on Friday. And although I'll speak about this game, there's not much to actually speak about. (laughs) Because outside of DJ's solo shot in the eighth, down 4-0... And then his RBI single in the top of the ninth to make it 4-2, which is the score the Yankees would lose by. The Bats just took the night off again. Went on holiday. (laughs) And it's a shame because Montgomery pitched six innings and just allowed three runs. Two of them in the second in that long mess of an inning. And then one in the third. He did give up eight hits and walked two, struck out five, but only gave up those three runs. And the Bats just did less than nothing against Nathan Evaldi, who's just put his former team in the Yanks to shame lately. And then in the ninth, after DJ's RBI single, Judge was the last chance against Adam Adovino, also former Yankee, obviously. And that's starting to look like a bad move now, since Adovino has now improved since his rough start to the year. Another brilliant example of why you don't trade in the division, like I said last week. 
But anyway, Judge just looked at the first two pitches for strikes and then later struck out to end the game. Sox won 4-2, series loss, and now to prevent another sweep at the hands of the Red Sox, which would also put the Yanks at 0-6 against them this year so far, the Yankees turn to Garrett Cole. And I would normally be extremely confident if, as I said before, the Yankees didn't have a habit this year of sucking in his starts. We know that they've lost a lot of games this season with him on the mound that they shouldn't have. So we'll see if they salvage this game today. If they don't, then I suppose the one step forward and two steps back mantra continues. So we have this game today, which is normally an ESPN night game between the two teams, but I guess because of how crappy the Yankees are this year, they removed it. Not that I want to hear ESPN commentary. Please don't misunderstand me there. But you get what I mean. They removed it. Uh, wait, wait, hold on a second. It, it's 4 nothing now? I looked away from the television because I was recapping Saturday. I wasn't paying attention. What the hell happened? Hold on, I'm rewinding. I'm rewinding. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta see this. <sighs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Pause. Resume. Second and third. Rafael Devers. Rafael Devers. Three-run homer. Four-nothing now. Kike Hernandez, solo shot. And now Rafael Devers. Wasn't even paying attention. I wasn't looking. (laughs) Ah, that's all we need today. Garrett Cole crap in the bed now. That's all we need. That's the last piece to the puzzle now, isn't it? Unfreaking believable! I don't even know what to say, guys. I don't even know what to say anymore. This game's over. This game is over. Obviously, I don't know the final result. It's just the first inning at the point I'm recording right now. You guys know what happens later on if you're listening to this later tonight or later in the week. But with the way the Yankee offense is this weekend, you know this game's over. I know this game's over. And they're not going to do anything to help Cole or anything. And Garrett Cole is, he's given up four runs. And I know what people are going to say, I know I can hear it already, is the fact that the substances thing is going on and he can't pitch with the substances, is that going to hurt him? Well, you know what, ever since that substance thing has started, I mean, from the looks of it, from the, I, I know he's probably going to pitch a few more innings at least, but this is the only really bad start he's had since then. His last few starts have been great. So I, I wouldn't go so quickly as to start that. Is he going to be the same Garrett Cole that he was when he was using the spider tack or whatever sticky stuff he was using? Well, obviously not, probably. But he's still going to be solid. And he's going to have his bad days like he is today, apparently. God only knows how many runs he's going to allow if it's already four here in the first. But he's still going to be good. I don't doubt that. It's just, this is just a very frustrating start to the game. And it's already looking like it's going to be a sweep today. Again! And if you are Garrett Cole, despite how good you've been, this is not the start that you could afford to be bad in. It's just not. So not a good start for him. The Yankee offense is probably going to be dead all day. I mean, if they aren't, I'll be shocked. This team came into this weekend looking really good the last couple of weeks again. Looking really promising, turning things around. Again, like I said before, they just tease you. They rope you back in emotionally. Take your heart, then squeeze it, then put it back in your chest. Every time, it never fails. It never fails, ever. 
They had a real chance to come into this series to really change things in this division, the position they were in coming into this. And now they're fast on their way today to get swept by Boston again and to, like I said earlier, nearly negate everything they've done the last two weeks, fighting back in the division when they were eight and a half games back. And what good is that doing now, getting swept by Boston for the second time in a row? I mean, aren't you embarrassed? If you're the Yankees, aren't you embarrassed? How could you not be? Your arch rival is handing your ass to you on a silver platter. All the Boston fans these last couple of days going, Yankees suck, Yankees suck. Well, guess what? They're right. They have a right to be chanting that. I'm no Yankee homer. I tell it like it is. And you want to know how it is? A series like this, after the way they've looked the last couple of weeks, the way they've teased people, and now the way that they've looked heading into this weekend with how it's looked and how it's looking today already, this series has confirmed, at least to me, that this group so far has been nothing but a bunch of underachieving pretenders. And if any of them aren't embarrassed after this weekend, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to be embarrassed? I mean, what kind of nerve do you have coming into this weekend, going to Fenway Park, and again, allowing the Red Sox to smack you around like this? It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. And I have no idea what they're waiting for, but like I said, Thursday is game number 81. What the hell are you waiting for? I'm sorry, I just went on kind of an eruption, guys. This is just, this is live reacting to what just happened in the Yankee game. Live emotion, live passion from a Yankees fan like all the rest who's just exhausted by this nonsense that is the 2021 New York Yankees. And when they lose tonight, I'm not even saying if, when they lose today, you know what you're going to hear afterwards by Aaron Boone and the rest of the Yankees that have anything to say about it. We got to find a way. We got to turn the page. We got to we gotta turn the corner. We got to just the usual stuff. You're never going to hear anything different. So don't get yourself all ready just to be disappointed. You're never going to hear anything different. You're just going to get the same old spiel from Aaron Boone and the front office, anybody else who speaks. We got to find a way to get over the hump. We got to find a way to turn the corner, turn the page, turn it around, turn, 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 before you find yourself right back to where you were before. Again, ergo, one step forward, two steps back. So after today, I guess we could already consider the Yankees to just be three games over 500 again. Fall behind the Red Sox three games since we got swept in the three-game set yet again. So that's six and a half games behind them now when they really could have just changed everything in the division standings coming into the weekend. Instead, they just fumble the whole thing. And we're right back to where we were before when the Yankees were one game, two games, three games, over 500. And you're going to have to try it all again. Going into this week with a four-game set against the Angels, and then with the Mets next weekend. And speaking of this coming week, why don't we talk about what's ahead? (sighs) 
My blood is boiling, guys. It's boiling. <laughs> I'm livid right now. Tomorrow, the Yanks come right back home to open up a four-game set against Otani and the Angels. Monday through Thursday set. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday's games will all be at 7.05 Eastern. And Thursday's will be at 1.05 Eastern. And next weekend, for the 4th of July weekend, for the first time this season, the Yanks face their crosstown rivals, the Mets. At Yankee Stadium, three games set, Friday through Sunday. Friday's game will be at 7.05 Eastern. Saturday, at 1.05 Eastern. And Sunday, the 4th of July, when we meet again. I guess this is set to be an ESPN night game, at least for now, because the game time is 7.08 Eastern. But as for now, guys, after the intro, the Q&A, the recapping, the eruption, (laughs) that is all for episode 102 of Yapping Yankees Today. Please remember to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram, guys, at Mike Scuds97. Also, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also show some love to Yapping Yankees on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're at it, if you have the time, listen back to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 102 today are available on YouTube and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today and nearly pop a blood vessel. (laughs) I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday on the 4th of July when I come at you with episode 103 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, And Yankees, all I got to say left at this point is that if you continue to suck as bad as you did this weekend, just expect a hospital bill in the mail by the time next weekend comes around because you're paying for it. Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. (laughs) 